Okay, we're on, this is uh, top 10 topic number two uh, for statistics, hypothesis testing. I think it's one of the more difficult uh, topics for students. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important idea and used all the time in research and decision making for managers. Uh, so we're on the main Business 302 L page. We'll click on Exam Review. We'll come down here to Statistics. We'll click on Statistics Review. And we'll pull up the um, PowerPoint presentation that the SOM faculty have kindly generated to assist the students in preparing for their study list for the exam. And we'll slide down here to slide 19. 19 is where the start of top 10 topic number 2 begins. Okay, hypothesis testing. Uh, first of all, what is a hypothesis? A hypothesis is your idea about something. Uh, that 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 you have a hypothesis. You have a you you want to make an assertion, okay? An assertion. I have I have a hunch about something, uh, but to be able to demonstrate support for that hunch, you have to at least show that it didn't occur by chance. So we have to reject the idea that it could have occurred by chance. We call that. Um, the null hypothesis. Okay, so slide number 20, H sub 0. It's sometimes written H sub O, but it's really H sub 0. It means the smallest hypothesis that could possibly be true. H sub 0, or the 0, or the nothing hypothesis, is the, pro is, is the hypothesis that it could have occurred by chance, and we would like to reject that idea. If we can reject the null hypothesis, then we can accept your hypothesis, sometimes called the alternate hypothesis. So bullet point number 1, population mean is mu, population proportion is pi, lowercase pi. Third bullet point uh, is a statement, a pi, null hypothesis is a statement about the value of a population parameter. Okay, not about the sample, but about uh, the population that a sample was drawn from. Okay, bullet point number four, never include a sample statistic such as XPAR and the hypothesis. Why? Because the hypothesis is about a population. The hypothesis isn't about the sample. Yes, I know that the sample statistic, like X-bar, or a sample standard deviation, are things that we can use to evaluate whether or not the null hypothesis is true or not. But uh, the null hypothesis itself is about the is about the population. So don't include the sample statistics. So make sure that the um, don't include the sample statistics in the statements about the null or alternate hypothesis. Always use the Greek letters, uh, which means that we're talking about the population rather than the sample. Okay, slide 21. Uh, HA, which means the alternate hypothesis, or sometimes it's called H1 to distinguish it from H0, is the alternative hypothesis. Okay, and there are one-tail sample, one-tail alternatives, and two-tail alternatives. Remember, the tail refers to the endpoint in the normal distribution, either the endpoint to the right or the endpoint to the left, depending on whether or not it's greater than or less than. Sometimes we have two-tail tests where we're looking to see whether or not it could occur in either the lower tail or the upper tail. So in the one-tail alternative here on slide 21, the right tail is uh, mu is greater than, for example, the number of smog checks that went okay. Okay, uh, the pi, the, the proportion is greater than the fraction, for example, the percent defectives. Uh, these are just examples. Left tail, mu is less than a number. Uh, for example, the weight of a box of crackers. 
Okay, another example, the pop, uh, proportion pi is less than a fraction. For example, a president's approval rating is lower, is low. That's, that's a proportion um, uh, that's less than a particular fraction. So that's, those are examples between right tails and left tails. Okay, one-tailed tests. Here's an example. Um, um, a test is one-tailed when the alternate hypothesis, HA, usually, you can write it as H1, but HA, states a direction, such as H1, the mean, the mean yearly salaries earned by full-time employees is more than $45,000. In that particular case here, this is bullet point number one on slide 22, the, the population mean is greater than $45,000. Bullet point number two, H1. H1, the average speed of cars traveling on the freeway is less than 75 miles an hour. So mu, population mean, is less than 75. Another example, one final example on slide 22. Less than 20% of the customers pay cash for their gasoline purchases. So in that particular case, it's the uh, population proportion, pi, is less than 0.02. Excuse me, it's less than 0.2, 20%. Okay, slide 22. Here's a two-tailed alternative. The population mean is not equal to a particular number. In other words, it's too hot or it's too cold. Too hot would be, say, too far to the right as temperature goes up. Too cold is too far to the left as temperature goes down, for example. Okay. Um, or another example here on slide 23 is the population proportion is not equal to a fraction. For example, the percent alcohol in a particular bottle is either too weak or too strong. And when we're testing things like this, we don't know if it's too weak or too strong unless we're given particular information that said, for example, it could only be too strong. It could never ever be too weak. That kind of information is directional information and that will be given in a problem if it's there. If it's not there, it's a two-tailed test. Something could either be too low or too high. Okay, slide 24, two-tailed test. A test is two-tailed when no direction is specified in the alternate hypothesis. That's restating what I just said before. A test is two-tailed when no direction is specified in the alternate hypothesis. So, for example, H1, same thing as HA, alternate hypothesis. That's the one that you would like to show that's true, or at least uh, that's, that's your hunch. The mean amount of time spent for the Internet is not equal to five hours. So the, so the population mean is not equal to 5, which means that the null hypothesis is that the population mean is equal to 5. The second bullet point, H sub 1, the alternate hypothesis, the mean price um, for a gallon of gasoline is not equal to $2.54. Population mean is not equal to 2.54. Those are examples of two-tailed tests. The, the mean price could be below 2.54, could be above. 2.54. Okay, slide 25. You reject the null hypothesis, which is h sub 0, if, and there are three bullet points, the absolute value of the test statistic, which you compute, that's derived from, from, the, from the sample data, the absolute value of the test statistic is greater than the critical value. The critical value is the dividing point in the, in, on the line in the normal distribution between um, where the null hypothesis is rejected and the region where it is not rejected. Okay, and it's usually easier to draw this on the board and the larger chunk of the fraction of the, under, of the area under the curve uh, is the acceptance point and the smaller fraction in the tails is the rejection 
point. So in the going back to the first bullet here on slide 25, we reject the null hypothesis if the absolute value of the z value, which means we don't care about the direction for a moment, is greater than the critical z value. Okay, so the z value is a test statistic, um, uh, which we compute from the sample data, and we compute and we look we compare that and and with the critical z value and we can look that up in a particular table. If, if uh, we have to use the t table rather than the z table, for example, we don't know we don't know the population standard deviation, we only have the sample standard deviation, or if n is less than 30, we have to use the t value and we do the same idea. Take the absolute value of the t value, check to see whether or not it's greater than the critical t value. Okay, and if it is, we can reject the null hypothesis, which gives us more support to be able to accept the alternate hypothesis, um, uh, or at least fail to reject the null hypothesis. Um, that can happen as well. Second bullet, we reject the null hypothesis if the probability value is less than the significance level, which is alpha. Note that, that we change the direction of the sign. The P, we're checking to see if the probability is less than the significance level. The significance level might be 0.05. We might be able to compute the p-value as 0.02. Okay, we can reject the null hypothesis there. Okay, because it's in a smaller part of the tail on the on the right-hand side of the um, of the normal distribution. Third bullet: reject the null hypothesis if there is a very large difference between the sample statistic and the population parameter in the null hypothesis. You won't see that very often. It's generally the first two bullets that you'll see. Okay, here's an example on slide 26 of a, of a smog check, for example. First bullet, null hypothesis, the population mean is equal to 80. The alternate hypothesis, what you believe to be true, for example, but you can't prove it yet, uh, the population mean is greater than 80. So this is a one-tail test, right, because it has a directional sign in there, greater than if the test statistic is 2.2, remember you don't even have to calculate anything. It'll be given on the in for the exam. It'll be given in the problem somewhere. If the test statistic is 2.2, and the critical value is 1.96. And if you draw that out, 1.96 is closer to the mean than 2.2. 2.2 is to the right of 1.96. In other words, it's more in the tail than it is closer to the mean, closer to the part of the, the middle part of the bell curve. If the test statistic is 2.2 and the critical value is 1.96, we can reject the null hypothesis and therefore conclude that the population mean is likely to be greater than 80. Okay, so if you, again, let me go through bullet point number three. If you draw a normal distribution, you put a vertical line on the right-hand side and the vertical line is 1.96, that's the critical value here for z. Okay, um, um, and that if we compute the test statistic as 2.2, 2.2 is to the right of the critical value. In other words, it's in the tail. It's in the rejection region. So it's, since it's in the rejection region, we can reject the null hypothesis. And in this particular case, that means that we can get close. We can get closer to to accepting the alternate hypothesis and conclude that the population mean is likely 80. Last bullet on this slide on page 26. For example, let's take the same example with, but with different numbers. If the test statistic was 1.6 and the critical value remains the same at 1.96. Uh, 1.96, if you draw out the normal distribution, on the right-hand side put a vertical line, 
put the number 1.96 on the line. 1.6 is, is to the left of 1.96. It's closer uh, to the middle of that normal distribution. So it's in the acceptance region. It's not in the rejection region. So since it's in the accept region, we cannot reject the null hypothesis. We have to accept the null hypothesis at this point, and we, that means we have to reserve judgment about the null hypothesis. In other words, we can't reject the idea that it could have occurred by, that the mean of 80 could have occurred by chance. Since we can't reject the idea that it couldn't have occurred by chance, then we can't say uh, with very much confidence that the mean is greater than 80. Okay, you have to think about that for a second. That's the key idea in, in hypothesis testing, is to reject the idea that it could have, we want to reject very well the, the idea that it could have occurred by chance, that the null hypothesis could have occurred by chance so that we can accept the, the alternate hypothesis. Okay, slide 27. Type 1 versus a type 2 error. This is very important to understand as well. This comes up all the time in statistics. Um, first bullet point, alpha is equal to the lowercase alpha. That's the lowercase Greek symbol alpha. If you forget, what's the first letter in the alphabet? A. Okay, in the English alphabet. Uh, alpha is equal to the probability, P, of, of a type 1 error, which is equal to the significance level, which is, and the definition is, the probability that you'll reject the true hy hypothesis when it is indeed true. You don't want to do that. That's a really bad error. It's the worst kind of error, so it's called a type 1 error. It's the first one. It's the first letter in the alphabet, A or alpha. Okay. The other time, the other type of error is beta, B, uh, and that that's uppercase B, which is beta, is equal to the probability of a type two error. That's the probability that you do not reject a null hypothesis, given that the null hypothesis is false. Okay. Those are the two kinds of errors. There are four outcomes with true and false. It really is true. It really is false, okay? And it's what you say and whether or not it is in, is in fact in reality. And so that's two times two. There's four outcomes. Two of the outcomes are not errors. If you say that it's true but it really is true, that's not an error. If, it's, if you say that it's false and it really isn't false, that's not an error. So two of the outcomes are, are fine. But two of the, the other two outcomes are both errors. One of those errors is a type one error and the other one of those errors is a type 2 error. The worst error is called a, an alpha is called a type 1 error. That's reject that's the probability that you reject the, the the null hypothesis when it is in fact true. And the other one error the other error is called a beta. Uh, that's um, it's called a type 2 error. That's the probability that you do not reject a null hypothesis when it's false. For example, on page 27, the null hypothesis a defendant is innocent. Okay, and that's a true statement uh, in, in U.S. law. Defendant is innocent until proven guilty. So alpha is the probability that the jury convicts an innocent person. That's not very good, right? We want that number to be very low. We want the probability that a jury convicts an innocent person to be very, very low. Okay, what's the other error that they could make? The jury, beta, or the type 2 errors, the probability that, it, that the jury acquit acquits a guilty person. Okay, now that's an error. We don't want that error to occur either. But given the choice between those two errors, 
we want the lowest amount of alpha. And unfortunately, the things that you do to reduce alpha sometimes can increase um, the, a type 2 error. And the things that you do to reduce the type 2 error can increase uh, a type 1 error. But in, mo in, in all cases, we want to keep the, the type 1 error as low as possible. So in this particular case, we don't ever want to convict an innocent person, although that certainly has happened in history, just not often. Okay, and we do that at the expense of that of a jury acquitting, which means letting go free, a guilty person, which we don't want to happen either, but that certainly has happened in society as well. Okay, and let's go to slide 28. Here's a nice box. Uh, you'll probably have to memorize this box on slide 28. It's easier to do this. You'll, you'll get a little bit of writing paper if you need to take notes, so you can always... Uh, jot this down uh, to jog your memory, but it, this is just a small little table of the four outcomes of a decision. The null hypothesis is true, null hypothesis is false, those are the, the top two columns, and in the rows you have uh, that you, you reject the null hypothesis and you do not reject the null hypothesis. And, and those are the four outcomes. Remember two of the outcomes are the correct decisions. One minus alpha is the correct decision, one minus beta is the correct decision. So 4 minus 2 is 2. The other two boxes are errors. Okay? If you reject the null hypothesis, when the null hypothesis is true, that's an alpha error or a type 1 error. It's denoted by the Greek letter alpha. If you do not reject the null hypothesis when the null hypothesis is false, that's the lower right-hand corner of slide 28, that's called a type 2 error and it's denoted by the Greek letter beta. Okay? Slide 29. Okay, um, here's an example for the smog check again, but instead of computing critical values, we'll use the p-values instead. So the null hypothesis, same null hypothesis as before. The population mean is equal to 80. The alternate, the alternate hypothesis is that the population mean is greater than 80. Okay, null hypothesis, po population mean is equal to 80. Alternate hypothesis, or H1 or HA, is the population mean mu is greater than 80. So bullet point number three. For example, if the p-value is 0.01 and the alpha is 0.05, in this particular case we reject the null hypothesis and conclude that the population mean is most likely to be greater than 80. Why? Because the p-value 0.01 is less than the alpha value of 0.05. Okay. In other words, there's a small amount of the critical region on the right-hand side of the tail, okay, and a sm an even smaller part of that is point of uh, the, the the critical region on the right-hand side is 0.05. An even smaller part of that is 0.01. So 0.01 is inside the 0.05 if you want to think of it that way. So we get to reject the null hypothesis. Okay, second bullet point: if the p-value is 0.07 probability is uh, 0.07 and the alpha is 0.05, then we do not reject the null hypothesis and we have to reserve judgment about the null hypothesis. In other words, we cannot conclude that our alternative hypothesis, we cannot conclude that our, our alternative hypothesis that the population mean is greater than 80 is in fact true, or at least likely. Okay, and that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. Okay, here's the test statistic on page, on uh, slide 30. 
When testing for the population mean from a large sample and the population standard deviation is known, the test statistic is given by the following formula. Remember, if we know the, the we know n large sample, it means great n is greater than 30, and the and we know the population standard deviation, which usually isn't the case, but if we if it's known, it's stated in the problem. The test statistic is given by z is equal to the sample mean x bar minus the population mean, all divided by um, the population standard deviation divided by the square root of n. And that's how you compute uh, the, z st the, the, the test z, the z value. Okay? Here's an example on slide 31. The processors of best mayo indicate on the label that the bottle contains 16 ounces of mayonnaise. The, st the standard deviation of the process is 0.5. A sample of 36 bottles from last hour's production showed a mean weight of 16.12 ounces per bottle. At the 0.05 significance level, can we conclude that the mean amount per bottle is greater than 16 ounces? This is a classic example of a hypothesis test. So scrolling down to the next slide, slide 32. Okay, so here's what you do. Step number one, state the null hypothesis and the alternative hypothesis. That's your first job. The null hypothesis is that the population mean is equal to 16. The alternate hypothesis, HA or H1, is that the population mean is greater than 16. And we got that in the, in the problem up here uh, because it, the, the, the best male label indicates that the bottle is 16 ounces of mayonnaise. So that's the population mean. Okay, so state the null hypothesis. Population mean is equal to 16. That's H0. Okay, that could we want what we want to do is be able to reject the idea that that occurred by chance, and that gives more weight to the alternate hypothesis H1 or HA that the population mean is greater than 16. Okay, like we've seen in our sample, for example, but one sample is not the whole population. Okay, number two, select the level of significance. In this particular case, we selected the 0.05 significance level. It was given in the problem. Okay, you don't have to make it up. Okay, number three, identify the test statistic. Because we know the population standard deviation, it was given in the problem, the test statistic is z, so we use the formula for z. Okay, which is on the previous, on two slides ago, and we state the decision rule. We reject the null hypothesis if the absolute value of z is greater than 1.645. 1.645, where did we get that number from? That's the z value for 0.05. 1.645. So, slide 33, compute the value of the test statistic. z is equal to. Um, the sample mean minus the population mean divided by the, the population standard deviation divided by the square root of n, which is 16.12 minus 16 divided by 0.5 divided by 36, which is 1.44. Okay, 1.44 is um, the z value. Okay, we, and remember the decision rule. Sliding back here to slide 32, reject the null hypothesis. If the absolute value of z, the, the number we just computed, 1.44, uh, is greater than 1.645, which is a z value at, at the 0.05 level, which is uh, the 0.05 significance level. Okay, 
all right, is, so that's the question on slide 33, is 1.44 greater than 1.645 on slide 30, 32? No, it is not. One, okay, 1.44 is less than that. So we cannot reject the null hypothesis. So conclusion, do not reject the null hypothesis. We cannot conclude that the mean is greater than 16 ounces. Okay, on slide 33, number 6, do not reject the null hypothesis because 1.44 is not greater than 1.645, which means we have to reserve judgment about whether or not the mean is greater than 16 ounces. We can't rule out the fact that it might have occurred by chance, that our sample of 16.12 might have occurred by chance. Okay? And uh, that's the example for, and that's it for uh, hypothesis testing.